Hey everyone, this is Sensei Victoria Whitfield here, your journey partner in business, welcoming you back to episode 112 of the Journeypreneur podcast. This is your source for channeled holistic stress management techniques, guidance, inspiration, and motivation to stay on your path to rapid financial ascension and massive impact as a conscious entrepreneur. So I am so honored and overjoyed that I get to share with you my dear friend, Maya McNulty from FundraisingSecrets.org. She helps nonprofits to maximize fundraising by thinking like an entrepreneur. Welcome to the podcast, goddess. Thank you so much, Sensi. I feel your energy. It's coming through. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. And you and I both know the world needs this message. Giving your background with nonprofits in the past, uh, we've had a chance to chat, and I think I have a solution. And if we're ready to dive into it, I'd love to share. Yeah, absolutely. So this may be the first time that my listeners are meeting you or someone's listening and meeting you. So before we go forward, tell me in your own words, what do you do? But especially, what are the three things that you're known for? Could you tell us? Sure. Well, definitely I'm known for being a wonderful mom and wife. I've been married for over 21 years and, um, you know, that just means we've went through a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> so I have a daughter that's 19 uh, studying um, at the University of Colorado Boulder. I'm also known for being a fundraising maverick and for my love and integrity for my community. Uh, so those are a few things that I'm known for and I'm really proud of. I love it. I love it. I love it. And my gosh, when I think of nonprofits, the first thing I think of is love, how they get out there to serve and uplift our community. And just knowing that you have the answer to help them have the resources and the support to continue to go out there is awesome. I'm curious, like, what was the point that you, you decided I'm going to help um, nonprofits to fundraise in particular? What was the was some, did something happen? Like, what's the story there? Well, thank you for asking. And actually, because your audience doesn't know me, I'd love to start a backstory. Okay, so when I graduated from college, I actually studied fashion merchandising and design. I went to school in Boston and in New York, London, Paris, Rome. I did the big thing because I thought that's what my thing was, right? I, that was my jam doing fashion. And um, when I came home after graduating, there wasn't a job in Albany, New York. Uh, I mean, there's no fashion capital in Albany, New York, right? It may be Manhattan or Milan or California or something, but there definitely wasn't that here. So I got a job selling insurance. And because I was an overproducer, I actually got fired from Ooh. selling insurance. And, and I'll tell you why, you know, even if you didn't have a motorcycle and you came in for renter's insurance, I could sell you motorcycles insurance <laughs> and then a life insurance policy to go with it. So I was really on fire and it reminds me cause I worked, I worked for nine West during uh, my school years uh, to pay for college. And I always used to win all the shoe contests. And I had at one point, a hundred pairs of shoes. <laughs> so I was a really great salesperson. Um, and I was over an overproducer and like, you know, our job was from like eight in the morning to four 30 and I would be done by noon because I would make the phone calls. I would sign up policies, like get my things done, all the mailings that you would need done for insurance and stuff for renewal policies. If there was a claim for a loss or whatever. So, uh, long story short is I had to go on unemployment. It was the first time I didn't know what unemployment was. And I also got a stipend. Uh, so, and I'm like, I'm like in my early twenties, I have no idea what all this means, but 
while I was on unemployment, I said, you know, I had to revisit myself and ask myself the question, Maya, what, what are you doing? Like you went to school for fashion. Why are you not in fashion? Now I didn't want to work retail, like, uh, cause I did work for the limited. I worked for nine West, like I've done retail. So I said, you know what? I want to open my own business. And honestly, from that lesson, that's how I became entrepreneurial. And I was like 23, 24 years old at the time. And I went through the uh, unemployment program, which was through SBA for women at the, in Albany, um, the empire division. And I went through score and had some mentors, which is so important. So if they're listening right now, mentors like take note of that. And, uh, they helped me to secure an SBA loan for women. And I opened my dress shop and let me back it up too before that because I was opening a shop called Vintage Boutique which was like recycle repurpose clothes now nobody thought that was cool at the time but today like Plato's Closet and um and everything, right? They, they think like, that's so amazing, right? Mm. And me, nobody b- bought on, nobody took on. So I had to change the name. Russell Brunson talks about you're just one funnel away, right? One tweak away. So I changed the name from Vintage Boutique to Village Boutique because we're being in the community. So I-L-L and I-N-T. So I changed it to Vintage, from Vintage to Village, and then it took off. And I had women from a 800 square foot store to a 1200 square foot store, uh, square foot store and um they used to come in and be so excited and i had all kinds i personal shopped i went to uh, jacob javits in the city in new york city i went to the uh, new england show i went all over vegas to purchase clothes accessory buyers like i saw myself in this whole new thing and it was in my element and after that, um, a couple of women were coming in and they were always buying clothes and it's because they were losing weight and uh, feeling good and empowered by themselves. Yeah. And, and I asked them, what are you doing? And they, they bought this franchise called Curves for, well, they were going to this gym called Curves for Women. It was a new franchise. And so then I ended up looking into it and I purchased two of these franchises. Now, here's another lesson to take note of is that how do your research and I didn't do my research. I just saw the popularity of it. And because I'm in fashion, I now know it was a fad. And um, in 10 years, it was a 10-year contract, but only three years of that was good. So I ended up in this process, losing this dress shop, which was profitable and exciting and an exciting time in my life, to opening two curves. I got married. Uh, at the time, I was engaged. And we got married in 2000. I had our daughter. Um, but I'll back it up a little. Uh, when I opened those curves, it almost put my family in bankruptcy. Um, it, it was an upside down business model. We started to lose things, um, uh, lost my building to foreclosure. Mm. And it was it, like, I didn't do the research, right? I didn't um, realize that how it was an upside down business model. All I knew it was fun and exciting. And everybody was talking about it. In fact, they began to be in the Guinness book of records for over 10,000 franchise, fastest growing franchise in the world. Mm. So while we could applaud that, it was also the first time that women gym goers were getting off the couch doing uh, uh, couch to 5K. It was exciting, right, to empower women and, and be in that. However, at the, uh, the other end of it was it was backbreaking. It was financially a hardship. Teachers that use their retirement to uh, buy this franchise and are now destitute and working like at Walmart and McDonald's mm. to make ends meet because it was such an upside down business model. But because I was so young, I said, okay, well, you know, I was 25, 26 at the time. Um, I knew that 10 years at 36, I could still rebuild myself. Um, 
and having a young family. And I knew this energy that I had, I knew I could do that. Um, so no matter what happened, uh, now I was entrepreneurial, right? I was not going to give up. Sometimes we have that imposter syndrome or failure holds us back and we don't think we're good enough, but we have to reinvent ourselves and continue to reinvent ourselves. And during this podcast, I'll, I'll share with you how many times I reinvented myself. And it's like uh, astounding to me, but that's what we do. We can't give up. We have to keep going and know that something, whatever that light is through light and love, we are able to solve the problems that need to be solved. So as I owned this franchise and I had two locations managing 20 people at one time, I can remember saying, God, please slow it down. Like it was moving so fast and he slowed it down so much. I was like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> so when I was, um, I had this franchise I purchased, <clears throat> I was also became pregnant because I had just gotten married and it was uh, springtime in 2000. I was probably six, seven months pregnant. My daughter was born on father's day and I had such complications with my pregnancy that the doctor actually, um, my husband is sitting on the left chair. I'm laying on the bed. He walks in with the chart and actually says to my husband with a pamphlet to him and I, uh, that it, your child has complications. If I were you, I'd probably abort her. <gasps> and we didn't even know it was a her at the time, but he just kind of like, we didn't know we were just praying for a healthy baby and uh, I would probably abort the baby. And, uh, I was like, I felt so dirty when he said that to me. And so all I did was got in the car. I looked at my husband. I'm like, whatever I decide to do, um, just support me. I went home and I showered because I felt so filthy from that man telling me such horrible news. And I cried in the shower and cried and cried. And so I said to my husband, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then people would come over and want to talk to me. And I'd take the blanket and put it over my head because I was like so embarrassed and I just wanted to be alone. But everybody wanted to like show me love and support, like whatever you decide. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that was a really hard time. So now I was like, okay, what does Maya want to do? Here's another time I'm asking myself, what do I want to do? And I'm like, I want to be a mom. I'm going to fight. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, we don't have the best insurances, right? Uh, we try to get insurance and we get the cheapest because we still have to have insurance. And these days it's a requirement. So I got insurance and my insurance didn't cover specialist. It only covered like one time, like during a pregnancy. And I wanted second and third and fourth opinions because this doctor just told me to abort my baby and I was going to go through whatever I had to do. I didn't care um, whether it be credit cards or whomever, I was going to get the money to be able to get second and third opinions to pay for my pregnancy. So I reached out to a nonprofit and, um, they helped me and they, they guided me where to, to go. And that was the first time I ever, got help from an outside source. And I didn't know it at the time. All I knew is the one thing I wanted to save myself and my baby's life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and fight for her. That's all I knew. And how, there's places out there that'll help you to do everything. You just have to go find which one there are dog organizations, pet organizations, women organizations, children organizations, uh, human trafficking. Like there's so many different ones. Right. And this is why fundraising secrets can help all of them and, uh, using the principles and it's cause it's a framework. And, um, so while I was, uh, pregnant and getting my second and third opinion and had my baby girl, uh, now who's 19, you know, so thank gosh, I didn't listen, right? We didn't listen. We fought. And, and now, now curves went out of business, right? It took me in 2008, nine, we got hit by the, um, real estate market, yeah. right? Killed us by 2010. I didn't know how to stop the bleeding. And literally the bank took the building away. My mom, I borrowed money from my parents and 
Um, and I was like, huh, I'd probably never be able to pay you back because I'm so far in debt. I don't know what to do. Um, <coughs> it was the first time, like these things all happen the first time. And as entrepreneurs, this is what happens. And you're all in, right? You can't have one foot on the dock and one in the boat. You have to be like, as uh, Tony Robbins would say, burn the, the ship or burn the island, right? Like you got to throw it all in. And that's it. I was always all in. And I'm not afraid anymore. And failure is just, it's not even a, a thing that I face anymore. I'm like, uh, it's more like a, a opportunity. Like, okay, I'm not looking at it as a failure. I'm looking at it as an opportunity. And that might be a result of it or so could be profits. Like you don't know. And, um, and so I've been doing that. And, and that's when I, after curves, I took a year off. Uh, most of my friends thought I was retired or um, something. I don't know what I was doing, but Maya was depressed. I had anxiety. I was overwhelmed. I took some time off to find out who do I want to be here again. I asked myself this question, Maya, what do you want? And I still couldn't figure it out. So I wrote a one page business plan because everything I've done so far has failed. And, um, I said to myself, you know what? I want to help businesses to never feel the way I felt um, and go through and be prosperous. And so I, I did that and I reached out and straight away, because I was always good at sales, um, I called up like 10 different people because they all did business with me in this business district. In fact, um, I was one of, I was on the board up there and I was one of the people that started like their 5k run and the street festival and a strawberry festival and stuff. So they all had, had a good reputation. Right. Um, and, uh, so they all said yes to me when I said, Hey, I'm starting something new. Would you be interested in doing this with me? And that led me to design the mobile app where to shop and dine. Uh, which connects colleges and communities for places to shop and dine. But that wasn't fulfilling enough because I didn't want to sell advertising when I'm 60, pounding the pavement to do that. Now I could have scaled and build a team and stuff, but I'm like, what else could this app do? What else could it do? And so I positioned it to help alleviate child hunger with a roundup program. And it's been so exciting to, to be able to help kids and, and help families on weekends who, who are, have, uh, food insecurities. And so, and now I know this all sounds like I'm such a wonderful person and great and everything, but I'm still trying to figure me out. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, um, and so I said last year, 2019, I wrote two books. I decided to write two books because I said, Maya, what do you want to do? And I keep asking myself the same question. And finally I wrote two books. Uh, one was my favorite quotes for entrepreneurs an interactive guide to inspiration and empowerment. And which is 180 of my favorite quotes and then seven principal business exercise. And because I paid for the lesson at Curves, there's a 30-day journal inside to keep you empowered and inspired. Then after that, I started to write fundraising secrets, but I kind of failed at it in the beginning because I was helping an organization and the person that was going to write the forward to my book ended up having a stroke. And I'm not um, like a, a stranger to, to setbacks and sacrifice, right? So I took some time and it took me 14 months to write the book and it's a short book, it's, but it's a step-by-step -step playbook on how to fundraise fast, grow sponsors, upsurge donations, and impact the world. And if you're looking to host an event, uh, this gives you the framework, the step-by-step. -step. And hopefully we'll be able to talk about the four quads that actually inspired the book and, um, and everything else. But that's what brought me up to where I'm supposed to be. And hopefully this is it. This is asking Maya, what does she want? And, and it was uh, more of my community, more of love for my community when I didn't know that I could reach out and have the love and support. And so now I said, you know what? It's my time to give back. That's what I'm supposed to do. And so I feel like that's it. That's the answer. And I feel at peace with that. 
And so I think that if that energy is there, then that must be true. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, yeah, so I'm tested. I'm testing myself. I'm being tested and whoever's testing me, I think I'm supposed to be there. So, <laughs> so that's it. Oh my God is what a journey you've been on. And wow, I'm so grateful that I get to know your, your background. Thank you for sharing so openly. Like, wow. Like, my head is spinning from how many things you've created, not just like a healthy daughter, but like businesses over and over again, like, and reinventing yourself multiple times. Like, I'm curious, was there a point that like you could have thrown in the towel? Like I'm, I'm thinking of like several points in that story of like, where, okay, I'm having another rock bottom moment, but why mm-hmm what was the thing that you told yourself to not throw in that towel? Because someone could be listening in right now who like, who vibrates with your like high energy and like, let's go, let's create, let's organize, let's do our best. Like, uh, and, and, you know, being an overproducer, but there's sometimes as we go on our path as overproducers, there's a point where we're just like, oh, I'm tired. Like, did you ever hit that? Like, Ooh, I'm tired. Well, and, how did you keep going? I'm curious. Okay. So remember when I said that I um, took the year off? Well, I kind of went up hiding up in, we have a summer home in the Adirondacks and I would often just lay in the hammock and, um, and just kind of think and think. And really, I was really depressed and trying to think through my depression. And, um, and the imposter syndrome, like I'm a failure again. And, mm. and how do I tell people? And And I was like, I don't, this isn't the ending of my story. So why, like, I have the ability to change the ending. And so when I said, you know what, I'm going to help, even though I was in this dark place, I said, let me see who I can help. Like, I was thinking of how I could help, how I could serve, as opposed to how am I going to make a next dollar? How am I going to invent myself? And I said, you know what, I don't want anybody else to feel the way I felt Mm -hmm. and what I went through, buying something that was not profitable, something that was an in, you know, upside down business model, knowing that they sold that to people, thousands, uh, 10,000 people, um, and put them in financial hardship. I mean, if you look around and you think of like how many people almost went bankruptcy uh, to bankruptcy court or even filed, I mean, it's thousands. And I know these Curve Sisters. And um, I used to host the meetings. I'm a networker, right? So I used to host the meetings. They used to come to my place and tell, like my club, and tell me about what was going on. And so I said, I don't want this to happen to anyone else. And so I made it my mission to um, help nonprofits and help uh, businesses to not ever feel the struggle. So every year I've been um, helping a nonprofit to be able to fundraise. And I give that back a hundred percent for free. I pick one and we go. So this particular year, last year we picked NAMI, which was the National Alliance on Mental Illness. We raised a hundred thousand dollars in 12 weeks. And this particular year we picked Berkshire uh, families, which is foster children. And so our, uh, uh, fashion show that we're going to be put. I don't know if it's going to be a fashion show, but a gala event type of thing. We have to still talk about it. It's going to be in September and it's, um, fostering love. And so for foster care. And so I, um, 
when I was a kid, I actually ran away from home and I was a foster kid for seventh and eighth grade. And so this one is going to be hard for me. Um, especially like I'm now talking about it, but not really talking about it. Um, because I, I don't want to hurt my parents. You know, when you think about throwing in the towel and you think of all these things, like who do you hurt along your journey and your path? And even though it's your story, um, sometimes you got like, it's the right track, wrong train, and maybe it's the right train, wrong track. Who knows, right? Um, and sometimes I felt that through my entire entrepreneurial journey. Am I in the right track, wrong train? Am I the right train, wrong track? And so I'll think of that sometimes. And sometimes maybe because I think so analytically that uh, maybe I overthink things and that's what entrepreneurs do. Um, but, but geez, what can I say? Do, don't, if you feel so passionate about it and you have this burning desire, if we think about the book, Think and Grow Rich, right? There's a triangle and this is the whole concept of it all. And uh, you have to have faith, right? You have to have faith that this is going to work. Whatever the one thing is that you want, right? Um, have faith that it's going to work. And then you have to have the burning desire. If that burning desire isn't there, it's not going to work out. But geez, you could have you know, those two sides of the triangle, burning desire and faith, but without massive action, none of it goes into play. So you have to have the system where you have massive action, you take massive action and without taking massive action and you can't take massive action, then have burning desire and then faith. You have to have the faith, then burning desire, then take massive action and have them work together because what would you be taking massive action on? It could be bad behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So you could think of one thing that you want that's going to triumph you and put you in that direction. And so before I think about throwing in the towel, I say, do I have faith this is going to work? I always ask myself a question. Maybe that's a good thing to write down as well. Asking yourself the question, right? Ask yourself the question, do I have burning desire? Do I have faith? Am I able to take massive action? Do I want to take massive action? Mm-hmm. And that kind of probably would align you. And then I think that how times, some, a lot of times people chase, chase the money and that's the wrong way to look at it because profit is the result of massive action. And so you have to put that out of your mind. And once you have that system and foundation, like we don't want to build houses of cards, you know, or straw homes, right? Sort of like calling wolf out. So we want to always have a solid foundation. And entrepreneurs, we fly by the seat of our pants. You know, we are excited. We, we don't think things through. I'm guilty too. I know it. And um, I'm okay with it. But um have, have a plan, you know, but have a solid foundation and just think of that pyramid, you know, burning desire, faith and massive action to get you there. So that that's before you throw in the towel, that's probably one of the things you should say, ask yourself those valid questions. This is so beautiful. Oh my goddess. Like you are making it rain golden nuggets in my head right now. Like (laughs) so many good things coming through, especially because like I was just reading um, a selection from Think and Grow Rich, and you made me think of the word that he uses, the power of auto-suggestion. Like, Maya, you are an excellent example of someone who is so good at auto-suggestion, where you keep asking yourself, Maya, what do I want? Like, what does Maya want? What does Maya... The fact that you, you're modeling that, even in the way that you've been telling the stories here, like, there's, it's this underlying mantra of you asking yourself, and with that auto-suggestion with that uh self-reflectiveness like you're generating clarity super Mm -hmm. fast so i just want to thank you for modeling that um and also like 
bringing up the power um, of asking asking yourself the question first. Like that's really empowering, uh, rather than only turning to mentors or only going by outside. Because like you're also in your story how you shared that like just seeing the women and everything's going great and then jumping in without tuning in first like that ended up with the upside down business model like things backfiring on you so this, this is really powerful what you're sharing and i also recall um in as you were speaking that you you mentioned these four quads so i wondered if you could just give us a sneak preview of that and then tell us where do we get to learn more about that from you because i feel like i can feel people listening in of like whoo this woman is juicy like i want to hear more from her so like um with that in mind like i want them to have a sneak preview of it but let them know where they could go to get more maya so just a sneak preview of the four quads but also then I want to know. Yeah. Well, okay. So definitely. So definitely if you get the book, Fundraising Secrets, you can go to fundraisingsecrets.org. I give away lots of juice on the podcast, Fundraising Secrets. So they can definitely on any of the channels, uh, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, you go any Google, you can go and uh, listen to Fundraising Secrets, the podcast, and um, you'll get a lot of juice there as well. So let me tell you about the four quads. And this is uh, structure gives you freedom. My business coach, Rhonda Swan, um, always says structure gives you freedom. And I repeat it and I echo it all the time because structure, when we talk about foundation and building skyscrapers, right? We want to build empires, like huge empires, right? So um, I break this down into like, if you think of a circle and break it down into a pie, right? And there's four quads. And one is you need people in your, in your corner. And if you're doing anything, we can't go at it alone. So building a dream team is essential. And how do we do this, whether it be for a for-profit or, or a nonprofit business, is having that, that uh, camaraderie, the people that you like and trust. But not only that, but the people that can actually lead you, there got to be smarter people than you, right? Uh, I know that some of us, we think we're the smartest or uh, we have friends and mom and dads and stuff. We, like, we don't want to listen to our aunts and our grandmas on how to build an empire. So having a dream team of people that you emulate and you see yourself there is very essential. And the next one is whether we talk about a value ladder for a nonprofit, which the system is a little uh, similar and different at the same time, but a value ladder better than a business plan because it shows you the extension as you move up the ladder, not a corporate ladder, but a ladder, the staircase, you know, you could take the elevator and you'd never learn anything, but you took the stairs, you'd learn a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. So if you um, use this value ladder, it's better than the business plan because it shows you the next step, the next thing that you're supposed to do in your business. And it pinpoints exactly the thing. And as you increase uh, on those steps, the higher you go, the more dollars you make. And so we sh I teach you this model at Fundraising Secrets Mastery Live event. Um, and then timeline and structure, because we just talked about having a burning desire, taking massive action, having faith. If you don't have a timeline that tells you exactly the direction you're going, like a GPS, so for example, we're here in the East Coast, and if we want to get to the West Coast, do we want to go to California, La Jolla, San Diego, San Francisco? Um, uh, where do we want to go uh, in California, right? Santa Barbara, like where do we want to go? LA, like you have to, there's so many different places. The G GPS 
would get us across town, you know, across the United States, but exactly where do we want to go? There's a fork in the road, so we have to decide then. So timelines give you actionable steps. It actually even tells you uh, what your responsibilities are, your job descriptions, your duties, because we all want to be empowered and we all want to feel like we're giving giving a lending hand. However, if we don't have the direction, um, and that's also very important in a, um, a timeline. Uh, and then to wrap it up with a sponsorship ask, whether you're a for-profit business or a nonprofit. See, in for-profit businesses, they call them sponsorship or endorsements. If you think of like Gatorade and sports athletes, right? There's a different way. You can be a, a, um, a author or speaker or coach, a podcaster, and get sponsorship for your podcast or book or your tours and stuff like that or your events or um, for a nonprofit you're you're calling them fundraising or sponsorship right so we talk about different ways that you can um, really work so this four quads really works for all types of businesses and the bottom line is that you have to think entrepreneurially so once you use the system to use it you know how to think entrepreneurially because you have you're being creative right you're seeing the culture that you're creating you're seeing the creativity you're seeing the legacy um, and, and I mean, I have to say cash because <laughs> that's, part of, that's why you're doing it all right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, um, so yeah, so all that's all part of it. So, uh, but yeah, so that's the quads. Um, and I break it down a little bit more in detail when we talk about it at fundraising secrets, mastery live events. We do have events coming up. The website for that is events.fundraisingsecrets.org. So just fundraisingsecrets.org, but just put events in front of it. So events.fundraisingsecrets.org. And you can get a, a VIP ticket. Uh, so right now we're doing a day event that usually is a two-day event. Um, but right now, because uh, people want uh, fast action takers, or you know, we want a fast action takers, but because uh, you guys are in a rush to fundraise and we want to give you the information so that you can get out there and you're so busy. So Yes. Um, so yeah, so events.fundraisingsecrets.org is where you can go to get that information. And we break it down for you. And they even give you um, brands that you can, that align with your mission. Um, a lot of times, nonprofits, you just spam everyone with trying to get don donations and your message doesn't resonate. It's kind of like sending email marketing out to your entire list when you know your entire list isn't going to buy from you, right? So I don't want to send my entire list out to contractors if I'm only uh, looking for uh, fundraising dollars for a walk, like it doesn't make sense, So or to fill my fundraising events. So you have to be um, proactive, but yet diligent in your list um, when you're sending information out to them. So I teach you all of this um, inside the course. And if you follow me, definitely I'm on all the feeds, Instagrams, um, social medias, Facebook, fundraising secrets. Um, and also, uh, Maya McNulty on LinkedIn, definitely give free content on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I started TikTok, but not good at it, but, um, <laughs> you know, everybody's, you can't do it all. And that's the thing entrepreneurs, we try to beat this big elephant. Um, you know, we, we see the white elephant in the room and we try to address it and, um, but we're going to choke if we, you know, or even vomit. Do you think about a chocolate cake? If you shove that all in your mouth, you're going to vomiting. And so we want to avoid that. We have to definitely just take one bite at a time and do you ask yourself the questions what do you want uh, find mentors have a plan have a solid foundation and once you start taking those little steps you can have the burning desire the faith and take massive action so that's how I would wrap it up in that but that's the four quads and how they can get in touch with me I love it 
100%. And I can yeah. vouch for you, Maya. Everyone who's listening in right now, I've been masterminding with Maya for a little over a year now. And every time Maya speaks, she gives gives actionable steps, like incredible hacks for getting things done. This woman, like if she's going to speak, go and find her and bring a notepad <laughs> with the pen ready because I know whenever you get to talk in Maya, you're always dropping gold. And whenever you share, it's stuff that you've tried for yourself and that you're working on yourself too. So this, like, I'm, I want to like make it a point to say like, I'm vouching for you. You know what you're talking about, mama. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I've, I've used myself as a guinea pig and then, um, and then I go out and say, yeah, I, I did that. And this is a tweak to make it better. And that, you know, Hey, I'm not perfect. Um, I don't know perfect human out there, but as we talk about throwing in the towel as an entrepreneur, that's not my name. Uh, I don't want that to be part of even my vocabulary or vision. I know that how, as an entrepreneur, the pain of regret is the biggest regret, right? So who wants to go to their grave with the pain of regret? I certainly don't. Um, and I want to try the things, even if they make me uncomfortable, to go out there and try it. At least I said I tried it. I did it. And even if I failed, it wasn't that I failed. It's I paid for the lesson. And when you pay for the lesson, you could add it in your book like I did. I'm, you know, my favorite quotes for entrepreneurs. I paid for that curves lesson. And it's now part of my book that will empower others. And so take that lesson and turn it into gold for someone else. Use it purposefully. But don't go with the pain of regret because as entrepreneurs, you know, we all have, you know, we're thinking about this journeypreneur podcast. And um, as we're thinking about our next journey or what, what we're supposed to do, like, where's the sign? You know, we're looking for this magical sign in the air. Um, maybe it's going to tap us on the shoulder. Who knows? Mm -hmm. um, it hasn't tapped me on the shoulder yet. I just keep asking myself, what is Maya's plan? What am I supposed to do? What, who wants me? Who needs me? Um, what does Maya want? Mm -hmm. You know, and I just keep asking the question over and over again. And hopefully I don't know if it's going to be a sign. I don't know if it's going to, what it's going to be. It's a legacy. I don't know. Um, but I don't want to just throw up the towel and throw my hands up in the air and then feel like I had imposter syndrome <laughs> or, you know, or I feel like I'm not good enough. I think that's a lot of times that we throw the towel in is when we feel we're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not your story either. So I, I like, we have to triumph through that. So communities like yours, uh, where, you know, sensing where they, where you have them, uh, collectively and collaboratively is so important and let them continue to, to grow and nurture in communities like yours. Uh, and this podcast is amazing to share that vision and legacy. So I command you and thank you so much for having me. This has been such a treat. Yay. Oh my God. Thank you so much for seeing me and thank you for being present and just pouring out so abundantly. Uh, I mean, I'm feeling super inspired as always when I get to talk to you. It's amazing. Um, the insights that I have listening to you, like I'm, I'm really going to go back and re-listen to this podcast. So I get to take notes <laughs> because we're here recording live and, and, but at the same time, um, 
I also want to thank you for making that that final comment about like the pain of regret that we can sometimes have, like dropping into the heart and knowing that um, the more that we acknowledge that as as a community, as you said, or as I call it, as a tribe, the more that we acknowledge that this is something that's normal and natural and part of the journey, the more we're able to bear it because it's not something that's hidden in the dark or um, shamed upon or seen as strange um, or out of the ordinary. Like for those of you who are listening in um, and receiving this podcast, please know that there are going to be bumps in the journey. There are going to be bumps in the road here and there. And I just wanted to give like an extra special hug to Maya for sharing her story to let you know that there's, there is life after a threat of bankruptcy. There is life after the threat of, you know, your, your child not being well. Like if you're, if you're a pregnant mom listening in, I know I have a couple of my, my clients right now who are like, there's, there's more to you that can come out um, especially when you keep asking that question, just as Maya so beautifully uh, demonstrated. So what do I really want, right? What do I want? And today, if only just for today, like as we say in Reiki, just for today, I would challenge you to ask yourself that question of what do I really want? And I mean that like, let's go in an existential sense, like not just the surface level, but go, go level three, go level four with that type of a question and see what comes out. There's so much, um, there's so much beauty and power that can come out of us as conscious individuals when we accept the challenge to continue to rise, even in the face of difficulty, right? Maintaining that, as Maya pointed out, that faith, powerful desire. And then when you are ready, when you have that clarity from those two burning bright going and taking massive action. So with that being said, Extra big hug to Maya. And kisses. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, goddess. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Loved it. It was a great time. Yeah. And turning it over to our listeners. If this is your first time listening into the Journeypreneur podcast, welcome. Thank you so much for visiting. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. In the five-star review, this is episode 112, so you can leave a note about what was the main nugget that good goddess Maya dropped here. Like, there's so many, but like, okay, for this episode in particular, I give you permission to leave like several nuggets in the comments there when you're leaving your five-star review. And to those of you who have been supporting the podcast and have been on this journey with me from the bottom of my heart to yours, I just want to say thank you for being my journey partner. I know I've been your journey partner as you're going and developing and growing, but you know what? That it's just like the old African proverb of if you want to go fast, go by yourself, but if you want to go far, go together. So I want to thank you for journeying with me. With that being said, I end the podcast the same every single time. Please remember, enjoy the journey. Do not lose your glow as you grow in life and business. And we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Bye for now.